What up, beautiful people? Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Sky High Rock Bottom. This is James in the AM. I appreciate you guys for listening, no matter if it's the AM or PM. I don't care. I hope you guys enjoy this episode with me today. Uh, as you guys listen to more and more of me, you'll realize a lot of interests of mine. We're going to go through many topics this year, and I hope you guys really enjoy them. If you ever have any comments or critiques or you want to hear me talk about something, go ahead and direct message me in my Instagram and let me know. Uh, you could also message me on Anchor itself, whether it's a voicemail or a comment. I'll be able to feature that on here as well. So I appreciate you guys and I hope you guys enjoy this one. If you guys do enjoy it, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram or subscribe on Apple or Spotify to be notified of the next episode. So I decided I kind of liked naming my last episode unprecedented using one word just to kind of start the topic um, and then just go on tangents from there. I think that'll be a fun way to get going with this. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode as well. Today, we are going with the word valued. It's an adjective. It means considered to be important or beneficial, semicolon cherished. So. A lot of things were valued prior to the pandemic that are no longer valued as much today. That's mainly because of the way that quarantine shifted our culture, uh, really. And I'm really excited to talk about some things that I'm passionate about prior to quarantine and still am passionate about it in the middle of quarantine. And... There's some things I'm mad about, uh, like genuinely frustrated about that. I think it's that is the product of us no longer valuing something as much as we used to value it back then. And uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the movies, movie theaters. I value movie theaters like no one, you know. No one you know loves the movies as much as I do. I can promise you that for a fact. I go to the movies. I used to go to movies about once a week, especially in the middle of high school, sophomore, junior year, beginning of senior year. I got a job. I had some little bit more money coming in, and I used it on the movies. Um, As a backstory, my first time going to the movies was the drive-ins. I watched Nacho Libre with my family on Father's Day. What a movie to watch with the family, especially my first movie, Hilarious. And uh, from there, my first movie in the movie theaters was The Christmas Carol, the animated version with Jim Carrey. And after that, I I love the movies so much. I I love the movies in the movie theaters more than the drive-ins, mainly because you get an experience that's one-on-one. At the drive-ins, usually with family or a loved one. So you don't feel like you're there alone. You feel like you're there with the group. At the movie theaters, you can go with the whole group and still feel like you're one-on-one with the movie. And no matter who I went with, whether it was with others or on my own, because I used to go on my own, I'll get to that, is you get this moment of like, kind of relieving yourself from any pressure, stress, responsibilities of the world outside that movie theater. Um, And it's just you and whatever's going on. So my freshman year, I had a really easy year in high school. I think everybody's freshman year was either very fun or easy. And if it wasn't, it's because you were planning to go to Harvard. But 
For me, I wasn't planning on that. And uh, so I had a very easy freshman year, still ended with all A's and whatever, but I didn't take things as seriously. So I left a lot of time for myself to go to the movies, to have uh, time with my family, uh, but mainly go to the movies. So there were times I would take my bike and I would take myself to the movies. It was about a 15 minute bike ride from my house at the Regal here in uh, Sacramento. And I would, it'd be a $5 ticket at the time because Tuesdays was $5 and I had barely any money. I probably got $5 out of my piggy bank, got there, paid for one ticket and then movie hopped from one movie to the next. For There were multiple times I movie hopped about four times. I would watch like four movies at max in one day at the movie theaters. I'd even get caught movie hopping. There was a time I got caught movie hopping after my second movie. I was going on to my third and I planned this all out. So I didn't have a smartphone at the time, just so you know. So what I would do is I at home before I left for the movie theaters on my bike, I would write down the show times for a certain movie that I thought I would enjoy. And then I'd get to the movie theaters, have that piece of paper in my pocket. Once that movie ended, I know I knew exactly where to go. If it was across the hall. So there's a movie theater here in Sacramento, one of the Regal theaters. There's two halls you'd go through. So you have one hall that has maybe 13 different movie theaters and the other hall maybe has like five. And in the, on the right side is where they had five movie theaters, uh, different show times. If I was in the 13 hallway, I'd be set because most of the time that during the day tonight, I had enough movies at that area, that area of the movie theater to watch as mo many movies as I want. And I didn't have to cross the hall and get caught movie hopping. Sometimes there were movies I'd write down with showtimes that I wanted to watch so bad, I'd have to risk crossing the hall where all the concessions are, where all the workers are, to get to the next hall in order to watch that movie. And uh, there was a time I was crossing the hall and I got caught. Um, and the manager was like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm over here just looking if I can watch another movie. You can't do that? Oh, no. <laughs> so... They kick me out. They let me out. They say, call your parents. I'm like, what am I, 14 at the time? Um, I just have my keyboard phone. and uh, But instead of calling my parents or riding my bike back home, I just buy another ticket. They're $5. I, was, I had an emergency fund in my pocket just in case I got caught. And I got inside again. Manager said, whatever. You bought another ticket. Don't care. Just don't movie hop again. Went to the next movie on that hall. And guess what I did? I movie hopped one last time to watch that fourth movie. Um, and I also didn't take any concessions. Now, don't get me wrong. Concessions are amazing. That popcorn that you get, you can't get it anywhere else. You're not able to get the same taste at home, no matter what kind of popcorn you have, whatever machine you have at home. The popcorn they have, the amount of butter they put on your popcorn, you can't get that anywhere else. And the soda... I personally like Dr. Pib because that's what the movie theaters I have have or Dr. Pepper. That swig of soda you have right after a bunch of popcorn, that butter down your throat, that swig of soda just clears everything up, makes you feel so free, so good. And then you just keep watching the movie. That feeling I will never get again if the movies don't open back up. And that experience you get in that movie theater, sitting in that seat, enjoying a story and just completely forgetting what you have going on at home, the responsibilities you have, the homework, whatever, whatever a 14 year old thinks at the time. 
And um, so, yeah, that's my backstory with why I love movie theaters so much. They feel like you get to experience a journey, a story of someone else's that was written so well with great visuals um, and take that with you into life going forward. So I think that one of the reasons I'm so interested in so many different things is because of how many movies I've watched as a kid. Uh, and not just in the not just in my living room on my TV, but in the actual theater, because what happens for me is when I'm in the actual theater watching the movie as it was intended by the director, uh, by the screenwriter, is I got to enjoy the movie um, to its full capacity. So I think that I actually gained a lot more from it than just sitting on the couch, wasting my time away. But I got to experience and gain uh, the, the, the value that it it that the writer, the director, the actors wanted to bring out of it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because we know right now movie theaters are closed. It sucks. I'm, <laughs> I, I think to myself, Oh, what, what can we do this week? And periodically, even though I know we're in quarantine, we're months in, we're approaching a year in and I still just am so <laughs> I'm dreading the fact that I can't go to the movies. Um, I've been to the drive-ins multiple times since the quarantine started. And I love the drive-ins. I still get to experience movies, but not at the level that you get to experience the movie sitting there and enjoying it as it was made to be enjoyed. Um, there's this feeling of empowerment walking out of the movie theater back to your car, whether you're alone like I am, which I hope you guys can experience that one time. Go to the theaters alone and uh, get a movie that you know you're going to enjoy and just watch it alone and see what that feels like. You think it sounds weird? I don't care. I'm telling you, you have to experience that feeling. It's great with friends as well. You get to talk about the movie afterwards and everything. But it's two different vibes, for sure. And uh, I don't get that anymore. So, like, looking at numbers, I did some research for you guys. Uh, for 17 years after 2002, tickets for movies... Like movie ticket being sold, the amount of movie tickets being sold has been dropping for the last 17 years. It went from like 1.6 billion to 1.2 billion, which honestly to me, I don't think that's a much of a change. It's just because Netflix, the fact that Netflix has been around for so long and still the tickets are only going down 0.4 billion doesn't tell me much. I think that's just because streaming has become available. But this year in 2020 went from 1.2 billion tickets sold in 2019 to 224 million tickets sold in 2020. I'm a few of those because when the movie theaters opened up in August, I I made sure to go twice. So, because I, I was so pumped about them opening up again. So, 224 million tickets sold in 2020 is crucial for, uh, the, for the reason that I think that movie theaters will never be the same again. And when we talk about value, as a society, we considered movie theaters to be important or beneficial because it gave you an experience like no other. Because your plasma TV at home sucked, or you didn't have the sound system, you didn't have that buttery popcorn, or the delicious Frosties, um, or that the, the hot dogs, core dogs, pizza, whatever you wanted at home. So you got all of that. No matter how overpriced it was, for some reason you still did it. You still bought it um, and enjoyed that movie. You don't get that at home. But this year in 2020, 
we didn't get the option of movie theaters. So people bought TVs, people bought sound systems. Those things became much less expensive than they were back in 2002 when 1.6 billion movie tickets were sold. 2002 to get a HD 4K, that wasn't even a thing. You couldn't get a 4K plasma TV in your living room. You couldn't. Now, a 4K TV at its cheapest is like $200. Guys, five years ago, 4K TV was the, cheap, was the most expensive TV. Now it's, the, the, it's considered one of the cheapest TVs on Amazon. You could buy a, here you go. Here you go, let me look this up. 4K TV. Three hundred fifty bucks. It's three hundred fifty dollars. Sorry, and that's Samsung. So I'm guessing Roku um, or TSTCL is like two two fifty for sure. So I was I was right. I was right. Two fifty for a four K TV. You can buy a sound system for another two hundred dollars, and you buy yourself a popcorn machine and buy soda from like you're done. You have everything you need, and you get a dark room, and that's it. People feel like they have the experience of a movie theater right at their home. What were they missing though? Why were still 1.2 billion tickets sold yearly for movies, for the movie theaters? The movie, the movie. You couldn't watch the movie until it came out on DVD, streamed on Netflix or wherever else you could find it. That's what changed in 2020. The movies became available. Because the movie theaters were closed, the movies became available on Disney+, Plus, became available on Netflix, Prime, HBO Max. You no longer had to go to the movies to get to, to watch these new films. And that's why... That's why I know for a fact movie theaters will not be the same ever again. For example, Warner Bros, Warner Brothers, um, has said that they will be putting every single movie that they're releasing in the movie theaters or would have released in the movie theaters if they don't open up. They'll be releasing them on HBO Max as well. Movies that we were hoping for like Matrix 4, the next Space Jam, Almost every single Marvel movie you have in the Heights, they're making the movie version, I guess. They have the next Suicide Squad, another Godzilla. That's just, these are examples from just Warner Bros that we know for a fact are going to go from movie theaters straight to your home. You no longer need to go to movie theaters to watch those. And with your 4K OLED screens, you don't need the movie theaters. You feel like you have it at home. You also get to be in your PJs. You don't have to go anywhere. You get to chill. You don't have to pay an insane amount for popcorn and soda and you could eat whatever snacks you want you don't have to sneak them in in your backpack or pants like i often did um so yeah um warner bros will most likely never stop doing this after we're done with quarantine and we the movie theaters open back up because it's going to make them an insane amount of money an insane amount of money netflix makes like 500 million a month i don't know if you knew the numbers for netflix but this was before quarantine. They made 500, 500 million a month. I haven't done the numbers now. I should do that for you guys. I apologize. I'll make sure I do more research for the next episode. But it's most definitely close to a billion a month for sure. If not 750 million, 600 million a month. That's just Netflix. That's more than some of the top movies make in its entire existence. You have them making that monthly so why not start putting movies on there straight away and stop bringing them out in theaters right so yeah movie theaters will never be the same but you 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 already know i'm gonna make sure that i'm there the second they open and i try to keep him alive and i make sure everyone i know <laughs> everyone i know 
gets there and goes to the movie theaters because that is crucial. You don't, it's not the same. As much as I'm saying people are trying to make it the same with their TVs, with their sound bars, with their own popcorn, it's not the same. You can't, it's not the same. But I will admit that my infatuation with movie theaters is just a little unhealthy because it's actually affecting how I feel, right? It's like making me a little mad, a little sad here and there thinking about it. And it's just the same thing as I talked about in the last podcast about having limited control. We have no control of the movie theaters opening or not. Just like we have no control over everything else that's affected by the pandemic. So I realized that I will have to have my own home theater. If the theaters never open back up the same and they become insanely expensive because only a few are open still and the few people who do love the movie theaters are willing to pay massive amounts of money per ticket, then yeah, I'm not going to do that because I also value my money. So I'm going to have to have my own theater. That's for sure. No matter what I live in, I can live in a one bedroom apartment. I can live in a studio and I'll still make space for my own home theater, even if it's just one lazy boy chair, a 4K OLED screen, and a sound bar, trying to do my best to replicate that experience, even though nothing will come close. Moving on. Um, this last week, two things went crazy, Tesla and Bitcoin. Okay, Bitcoin went up to 40K. Tesla almost hit 900. So as we start this new week, those both will continue either rising, being steady, dropping off. We'll see. I'm excited to um, update you guys with that. But why are we valuing a company like Tesla that is estimated to be 1,500% overvalued and overbought and a currency that has no real road to practicality in our society currently? Not saying it's not going to ever, but just currently there is no road for it being practical for us. So it got me thinking. And Tesla, for example, is much more than just a car company. Tesla is an electric company. I was talking with some people and I was just saying like Tesla has much more than just cars. It has solar panels, a solar roof, batteries, and much more, etc. And I'm sure it's planning on much more than just what it has. And with the Senate-controlled House, Senate, a Democrat-controlled Senate, Democrat-controlled House, and a president that's Democrat, you'll won't, will most likely see a million jobs being put into the auto industry, as Joe Biden promised, um, investment in electric vehicle charging stations, and a green energy initiative from um, the House and Senate that could 100%, 100% benefit Tesla's bottom line of value. So... That's why you see so many people investing into Tesla. Is it overvalued? Still, 100%. But it's valued very well for its future. So Tesla's not being bought like a regular stock. Tesla's being a, being bought like a stock that's as if you're seeing it 10 years ahead of now. right? So that's what most people want to get. Why, why they want to get into Tesla is because they know that it's going to be worth much more than it is now. That's why you invest right, to make more money. And um, just based off of that example, we value right now, currently, a future. We value a future outside of what we know now. And for some reason, that is making people invest into Tesla and 
invest into cryptocurrency because currently there's not much to look at right now. Or that's what at least people are seeing. They're not looking right now at the present and what is valuable right now, but they're valuing something like Tesla, which is an electric company for the future for green energy. And that's pretty gnarly. It made Elon Musk currently the richest man in the world. If that's news to you, yeah, that happened on Friday. On Thursday and Friday, he became the richest person to live currently, um, outpacing Jeff Bezos. And that's all off of an overvalued price for the stock that he owns the majority of, which is Tesla. So I think going forward, um, something you can take away from this specifically is try to value your future. We don't know what's going to happen, right? We don't know what's going to be, what's going to happen tomorrow. But just know that if you're working hard and you're showing promise, then you can value yourself based on what you can become. So live day to day, work hard, live as today's the last day, but know that your future is valuable. So be as optimistic and insane as Tesla buyers. Uh, I mean, like the people who are buying the, the Tesla stock, right? Just imagining the future, what it's going to be worth. Just live as if your future is going to be amazing, but live every day to make that future amazing. Go ahead, work hard, work like tomorrow's not going to be there and value yourself based on what you can become and not just who you are currently because there's all, there's slow growth is the best growth, right? You can grow very slowly knowing that 10 years from now, you're going to be a much better you uh, and in the moment work very hard and be appreciative of being able to work hard with all the blessings around you. Moving on, something I wanted to bring up of value that we haven't lost any value in or gained any, I think it's stayed extremely steady since before quarantine, was restaurants and going out to eat with your family and friends. Restaurants closing down in California, wherever you are in California, there's been huge regulations been putting on outdoor dining, indoor dining, and if you haven't listened to Joe Rogan's podcast with John Terezian and Craig Susser, I really recommend it because I'll give you a short summary. His podcasts are two to three hours long, and these are two business owners. One's a restaurant owner in Los Angeles. The other is a hospitality business owner. So both have been affected widely by the regulations set by California and Gavin Newsom. And it's very interesting to hear perspectives from fairly moderate people. One's a little more left, one's a little more right. So it's you get a you get a good balance of views that aren't too biased based on their political associations. So I really recommend you go and listen to that podcast. But as a summary, John and Craig both have been affected extremely hard, just like every other restaurant owner. But their main point was them and almost every other restaurant owner or business owner in hospitality have been completely compliant with the regulations. One week, you can't have this many people in your restaurant. The next week, you can't have anybody in your restaurant. Next week, you can have outdoor dining only. They build their outdoor dining, their patios. They put 60000 in, for example, from Craig. He put $60,000 into creating an outdoor dining area. Two days after he got that built, Outdoor dining's closed. You can't have any dining at all. Takeout only. Compliant through the whole way. Buying everything they need to be able to keep their businesses open. They've been compliant, but the government 
and the, 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 the department, the health department has not been communicating whatsoever. And the reasoning for why they're closing down has not been clear. So they took them to court. When they're in court, they bring up six pieces of evidence saying we have six pieces of evidence why no dining should be had in order to bring down the numbers of COVID. All six pieces of evidence were for the indoor dining and they were in court for outdoor dining. So these six pieces of evidence didn't help them at all. The owners, the restaurant owners who took them to court had won the case, but the health department decided to appeal the, the, the verdict. And so they still aren't able to open up at all. These six pieces of evidence were for indoor dining and they had no reasoning to close reason to close out outdoor dining. Those six pieces of evidence showed that 3% of COVID cases are from indoor dining, meaning outdoor dining are most likely much less than that one to 2%, if not less, even even less. So for the, for the 3%, the one 3% of cases coming from dining, whether indoor or outdoor, is not good reasoning to close down a whole industry with many jobs, with a whole culture and food, and the uh, the option to only take six to eight people, eat out, follow regulations, wearing masks, and 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 being in being in a safe environment to not cause um, spread of the of the virus. So that's extremely bizarre that we're in this situation and that the closing down of restaurants has become extremely political and has nothing to do with evidence to support it. And second, there was a study that they mentioned um, that basically said that the more you close down, the more regulations you have, the more you close down businesses and don't let people go and do stuff, the more you bring up the cases of COVID. California is one of the strongest restricted states in the country with the most people in the country so you think oh they're gonna have not that many cases right their cases are gonna be low they have the strongest regulations opposite we have the most cases we have the highest spread of covid so you have the most regulations in a high population state and have the highest number of covid cases that makes no sense the logic's not there so obviously something's not working you have people because of everything closing down meeting in homes meeting with family and friends inside with much more people than six to eight people allowed at restaurants. You have 25 to 30 people meeting up in a house, talking and possibly spreading the virus to them, to them within themselves and their families going home. So yeah, there's a problem and there's not much being fixed and not much being done to fix that bizarre statistic. So yeah, we still value going out. We still value restaurants. But another year of this, another year of a state that has a lot of, has two big cities, two big areas, whether it's the Bay Area and, the, and Southern California, who have many restaurants who push the culture of food, who define what the food culture is currently, not given the opportunity to expand, to do new things, to have people come out and uh, support their business. So yeah. Our value for restaurants, if if, not, if anything, has gone up. Um, it was already very high, but it, for sure it hasn't gone down. And there's no reason for us to be in the situation, especially with states and countries who are almost basically back to normal because of their ability to get it right. To get it right. And whether it's the people 
or the regulations, something needs to be figured out. Moving on, um, one last thing is I think as a society, we value sports. And sports make us feel like we're athletes, even if some of us are nowhere near that athletic. We still feel like we can do what we're watching. So we still value sports, media, entertainment, and that's gone up for sure. We have people who aren't working as much, aren't doing as much outside of the home, so they're watching more than ever, listening more than ever, whether that's podcasts, music, TV shows, movies, everything. Everything went up in viewership um, during quarantine, so I think we value entertainment and creation and other creators much more than we did in the past, and that's amazing. Do what you need to do to feel sane during this crazy time, and that's why I'm, I got into podcasting, and that's why... I'm currently doing this series because I want to be making more content as cheesy as that sounds. That's what it is. And I want to be able to bring a value to you guys, to people who are willing to listen and spend some time with me um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you're listening. That's it for me today. I was really thinking about the things we value here and, and I'm happy you guys listened to the end. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you have any recommendations or comments about the podcast, go ahead and direct message me on Instagram. I'd be happy to listen to anything you guys have to say. I appreciate you guys once again for listening. Go ahead and subscribe on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, to get notifications. And follow me on Instagram to receive updates about the episodes, what the episodes are going to be about. Um, and a comment and like the photos based on what you guys are interested in. I appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'll see you soon.